Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Hi, Wine and Dine listeners. Amy Irvine here, CEO and founder of Rooted Planning Group. We are starting a new series on college planning fundamentals and term rooms. This week, we're going to be featuring a section on terminology that we think is important for you. We're going to be talking a very high level. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're going to be digging into the FAFSA and some of the FAFSA changes that are coming this year for next year. But before we dive into all of that, I'd love to mention some uh, wine that I have not yet tried, but it's on my list of places to go explore. So perhaps in the future, you'll hear about this winery. It's called Shaw Vineyard. It's up on Seneca Lake. And one of the things that intrigues me about this particular winery is the fact that they say that they consistently across all vintages focus on aging their wine. So that's one of the big things that they talk about is their reds are often cellared, cellar aged for five or more years before they even bottle. And they have also some whites and an orange. That's that's something I have to go try. They also have a wine, a red wine that is a blend. What I would, I guess I would call that particular wine. It's not, it doesn't carry the name of a meritage, but I would say that it's very close to one in the sense that it's, they call it the Cuca Hill Reserve and it's a Merlot, Cab Sauvignon and a Cab Franc. So it's three. And uh, they're calling it, they say this Meritage Bordeaux style blend uh, has those those three grapes blended together. And it was named after the site of the original 1981 Shaw Vinifero Vineyard. So I'm going to make a trip up there and give them a try, see if we like them. We'd love it if you let us know if you have tried them and what you might like about them. And, uh, and if you are in the Finger Lakes area and haven't been up there, then again, we'd love for you to try to go and explore them to see what it's like. It's always an adventure. So digging into the topic that I wanted to cover today, which is some basic uh, information on college planning fundamentals. I realize this might not be for everyone or you might not think it's for everyone. 
but you may know somebody that this particular podcast really is for. One of the things that we really want people to understand when they're thinking about college planning, there's actually a video that I'll post in the show notes. It's um, something that I did with an organization called College Well. Kate and I actually recorded this some time ago, and we, we did a video and talked about the five essential steps when you're thinking about college planning. First of all, taking the step to define your goals. How much of the college funding are you going to be responsible for? How much is your child going to be responsible for? How much are other families possibly going to be responsible for? And then also, what other goals do you actually have that you need to be planning for that you maybe can't borrow for? So I've often said you can borrow for education, but you can't borrow for retirement. And unfortunately, we don't have limited unlimited resources. So we kind of have to pick and choose what where our money goals. So defining the goal, setting those uh, priorities around those goals, maybe consider what's low, medium, and high. And then the, determining the timing of those goals. How much time do you have to reach each of those goals? For instance, saving for college may come faster than saving for retirement. And are you willing to work a little bit longer in retirement in order to pay more for your child's education? We also always talk about anticipating detours and what could possibly cause delays or changes. So thinking about what those detours are and then how do we plan for them and then spend some time mapping things out. You really need to make sure you put some thought into this. This is going to happen and not planning for it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It just means that it becomes more of an emergency plan instead of a consistent uh, long-term plan that can be adjusted based on you know things that might happen. So we'll provide some resources in in the actual show notes so that you have have some of that available to you. College planning is a lot more complex than people give it credit for and should be customized to each family situation. So before we dive in, we encourage all of our clients to work with us early in the process. Uh, If you don't work with us and you're listening to this podcast and you have another planner, please reach out to your planner if you have any questions. Uh, Certainly reach out to us if you do work with us and anything we've said you haven't heard or you want further explanation on. One of the first things when you get, there's certainly the savings side of college planning. And when we think about just savings in general, terms like 529 have been thrown around. So a 529 plan is a type of, of, uh, sorry, education plan that you can save into. Some states will give you a deduction for that savings. That is not a federal deduction, it is a state deduction. You must use that money for education or for trade education or up to $10,000 of it can be used to repay a student long, but it is education focused. And we there there are different types of 529 plans. There's a 529 savings plan and then there's a 529 prepaid plan. And then there's also a private 529 plan. So there are different types of 529 plans. The 529 savings plan, that is where you're putting money in. It is invested. You can see the fluctuation in that account based on the performance of the investment. And you have a set dollar amount that you're putting in every month and it, you know, at the time that your child goes off to school, there's a set amount of money that has accumulated. A prepaid 529 plan is something that you put money into, but you basically buy points. So you're prepaying the cost of education, typically within the state system that you live in. But a private 529 plan allows you to buy into private school systems. 
we work really closely with um, a company that specializes in that kind of prepaid plan. Typically, we do it in combination with a savings plan or even a brokerage account. So just a standard brokerage account, we might save in a brokerage account for a bit. And when it becomes clear, maybe in the I would say sophomore year or even as early as a freshman year that there might be a private school that a a child is going to or a family legacy school that a child is going to, then we'll save in a private 529 plan. Or it could be a combination of all of those. It really depends on your family situation. If you do save in a private 529 plan, you can get the money out. You can actually roll it over into another type of 529 plan like a savings plan. It's just that it doesn't grow very much over that period of time of like 2% growth. So you're not going to see huge growth, but it is money that is saved in in about 2% growth rate on that money would come back into a savings plan if you chose not to use it in private environment. One of the other key terms is FAFSA. The FAFSA is the form that you fill out on the U.S. Department of Education. It's the entry point to all the college financial aid. So if you remember two things from this podcast, number one, I don't care who you are, fill out the FAFSA. Whether you think you qualify for financial aid or not, do not assume anything. And in many cases, you will not qualify for any institutional aid, which a lot of people think they won't, but you might. And you may not even be eligible for academic scholarships if you don't fill out the FAFSA. Don't assume anything. There are multiple factors which determine whether your child qualifies for needs-based, but even so, um, you, you really should. And they can't take out any kind of loan or federal loan, I should say, without filling out the FAFSA. So that's tip one number one is fill out the FAFSA. Complete it as early as possible. That is something that's really important. The FAFSA typically reopens on October 1st for the year before your child goes to college or needs to renew. So for example, if your college, for example, if your child is planning to attend college in the fall of 2004, 24, excuse me, then you want to fill out the FAFSA as early as possible. Typically, that would be October 1st of 20. 23. Notice I keep honing on typically, typically, typically. This year in 2023, it's actually not until December 1st. And there's a bunch of changes that I'm going to be covering in part two of this series that I'm doing for you. But most of the time it's October 1st. A couple other important things to know, the FAFSA is in the student's name, but in most, not all cases, the parent's assets will be reported as well. However, retirement assets, the value of your home and life insurance are not typically reported on the FAFSA. We can help clients complete the FAFSA, so please call us whenever you're ready. One side note I want to make on that, although it's not recorded, like life insurance uh, cash value is not on the FAFSA, it may be a requirement of the college that you go through, go to through the CSS profile. So I've had a number of clients say to me, oh, we put a bunch of money in a prepaid life insurance policy because then we don't have to report it on the FAFSA. That is a true statement, but then if they go to a college that requires the CSS, CSS profile, the CSS profile may ask you for some of this information like retirement assets, the value of your home and life insurance cash value. Don't, uh, when it comes to uh, need blind colleges, there are some out there. So need blind admissions. So need blind colleges are schools where a, where a student's ability to pay tuition cost is not factored into the admissions decision. There are more than 100 need blind schools 
in the U.S., it's worth doing some research on that and looking at the full list prior to making some of the selections that you might make. Also understand that need-based financial aid is based on the student's financial need and determined by the academic institution via their own form a lot of times and the form um, from the FAFSA. It can take multiple forms. um, And and this is one that kills me because they consider a loan financial aid uh, award. You have to repay that. So although it's a federal loan, it is considered part of its needs-based financial aid. Tuition reduction can also um, be a, a form of financial aid that would not have to be repaid. Work study would be something that could be financial aid, but it wouldn't, you know, that would be something that would count as income. But that again is something that's a need-based financial aid. Now, merit scholarships, they're from the college as part of their own admissions decision. Merit merit scholarships, um, as the name implies, are based on the student's merit and do not need to be repaid. From, from outside sources where call it where students must apply, you can uh, I'll provide a link on different scholarships that would be available to you. Uh, so that will be in the show notes as well. And then I know I've mentioned this, but when I talk about federal student loans, the lender is the U.S. Department of Education. If you are an undergraduate student, the maximum amount you can borrow each year in direct subsidized loans and direct unsubsidized loans ranges from $5,500 per year all the way up to $1,255 per year. It really depends on whether you're going to get subsidized or unsubsidized loans and what year you were in school. Uh, that And by the way, your dependency status comes into play. Subsidized loans are based on financial need and the interest starts accruing when the loan starts to repay, which is typically six months after graduation. Unsubsidized loans are not based on demonstrated need and interest starts accruing from the day the loan is dispersed. So even while it's in deferment, interest is accruing. Now, in a lot of cases, we'll tell people go in and pay that interest monthly so that the loan doesn't continue to grow while you're in college. Parent plus loans are taken by the parent and often close the final gap between need-based aid, merit scholarships, and family resources and tuition. So I mentioned there are changes coming. It's called the FAFSA Simplification Act. it's coming this year in response, you know, it'll actually take effect in 2024, but it, it does because of some of the actual determination it takes place in this year, something you need to be aware of. So please stay tuned to our next episode where we dig into this a lot more and um, tell you about those changes that are coming up. So thank you so much. I know I went through an awful lot very quickly in today's podcast. I'm going to have some things in the show notes that I think that you guys will want to explore a little bit further. Some resources that we've created or participated in. Again, college well, we want to say thank you so much because they've been such a great partner with us in putting together some presentations in the past and some education out there in the public. Things like what is a prepaid 529, some overall 529 uh, ideas, and a nice one-page FAFSA, one-pager that I think that you'll very much um, find very much helpful. So thank you for listening to today's show. We hope 
hope that you've enjoyed this episode. We would love it if you would share it with your friends and that might find this helpful. And please, if you can take just a few minutes to rate us on iTunes so that more people can find us like you did. Shout out to TJ Mian at uh, Mian Media. We are so appreciative of all the food pop fixes and the blending that he does during the production stages. Thanks everyone and stay tuned for next week. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dine. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.